open in your Bible with me to Genesis chapter 1. We've been in here for a few weeks, but we're actually going to use the same verse in a different direction, part of the same verse in a different direction, because I want to talk about, I want to talk about characteristics of mom that come from God. In Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, it says, then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness, let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. And I think it's so interesting here because we see this pattern of God creating uh, leading up to this point. It just says, God said, God said, God said, and these things happen. And so he creates this whole like experience, you know, this, this, this earth, this, this universe, so to speak, and uh, so to speak, he spoke it, and there it was, right? And, and he's doing all that, but all of a sudden he breaks pattern here, and it doesn't just say, and then God made man, but it says, God paused for a second, and he said, let us make man in our image. So we get a little bit deeper insight into God, because here we see the Godhead, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And although it's not distinguishing, uh, speaking uh, specifically like that, but you see this picture even from the beginning that God pauses for a second, and then there's there's this conversation. And he says, we want to make God, we want to make man in our image. Let us do that. We want to do that. And I think that's so important because so often when we think about God, we, some people would think about this image of God like a stern father, like, you know, this Old Testament, he's all about the law and get it right. And if you don't get it right, then, then uh, there's judgment to come and, and just, you know, we approach God like that sometimes. But we see something about God and in his nature that, yeah, God, God is a, the judge. He is the lawgiver. He is the one before whom we'll all stand, and we will give an account of our lives. We will do these things, not only just what we did, but the very words that we said. The Bible say, says that we'll give an account of those things. But he goes on to say, the, the Bible goes on to say this. It says, so, in verse 27, it says, so God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Male and female, he created them. Notice it doesn't say he created man, like male man in his image, and then woman in the image of man. But he created man, male and female in his image. Male and female came from the Lord. That's important for a couple of reasons. One is, it makes me think, why would someone ever devalue a woman as less than man? Because a woman, it comes from the image of God in the same way that man comes from the image of God. A woman is created in the image of God in the same way. And so it's just, this is why it's irrational, sexism, for example, it, you know, it, it's irrational to think that a woman is less than a man. Now, there are some things that some women can't do that some men can, some things that some men can't do that some women can't, right? I've known some real strong women that I don't want to meet in a dark alley, Right? <laughs> Because I'm like, oh, she's tough, right? So, so to say, oh, women are this, that, you know, 
No, no, no. Listen, we're all created in God's image, male and female. And that comes from the Lord. I think that's important because you see everything that's good, everything that's godly, all the great qualities and characteristics that are in men and in women, although sometimes there's distinguishing marks and and roles and so forth, we understand that. Even though that's there, it comes from the Lord. It comes from the Lord. In fact, did you know that God is not male? Did you know God's not male? Now, God is Father, and He's continuously referred to as Him, and so I'm not creating some some uh, funky doctrine, but the Bible says that male and female came from him. God is, is not a man. God is God. He's a father, though, but the qualities and characteristics of mother, they don't come from a mother. They come from God. They come from God. Those things are all passed down and passed to us and, and through us from the Lord. And the scripture is telling us, we know that that woman is not in man's image because no man understands a woman, right? And so there's no way he's going to create that thing. No way she's going to come from him. But God understands a woman. That is so true. God understands people, male and female. He understands all of that. He understands what mankind needs. Mankind didn't just need a father, Mankind doesn't just need a mother. Mankind doesn't just need a partner or sibling or, or, or um, what do we call it when you're, you're a guardian, a parent or guardian. We don't need that. We need a mother and father, and God created and he started this way. And today I want to talk to you about some characteristics of moms that come from God. I'm reminded of that story where little Johnny's asking his mom all these hard questions all day long, one question after another, and she just keeps nailing it, and she's, she's answering these difficult questions, and, and she said, Mom, he says, Mom, how'd you get so smart? Or, or how do you know all those answers? And she said, because, because I'm a mom. And, and he said, well, how do you become a mom? And she said, well, you have to pass a really hard mommy test. So Johnny thinks about it for a minute, he says, so if you fail the test, do you become a dad? <laughs> Characteristics of moms that come from God. Number one, comfort. You know, moms are, are comforters. Now listen, I, I'm going to say some things about characteristics of God and moms that uh, are generally true, may not have been true in your experience. But even if it's not true of your mother, it's still true of God. And this is something that's intended to be passed down by the Lord to our parents, our families. But the Bible does say this, that even when our mother and our father forsake us, they're not there for us, or maybe not there for us in the way that God intended, the Bible says that then the Lord takes us in. The Lord takes us in. And that's important because God is here today. Your mom may not be here today. You may not have that great experience. Maybe you did. I hope you did. I bet most of us had a pretty positive experience with our moms. But nevertheless, the Lord is in this room today, and he's saying, these things are parts of me that I want you to know about who I am. When we think about moms and moms as the comforters, it's very clear, even from a young age, when a kid falls down and hurts himself, who does he run to? 
Does he run to, to dad? No, because dad's going to sit there and say, shake it off, buddy. When I was your age, I fell out of a tree. My eyeball got stuck on a stick up there. I climbed back up the tree. I pulled it off, put it in there, bandaged it myself, wore a patch for a week. Kids called me a pirate. I thought it was cool. Tough it out. That's about the level of comfort you get from dads. But moms sit there and it's, a, you know, at least in the earlier days, you know, eventually they got to learn how to tough it out. But moms bring it, man. Oh, come here. Let me bring some comfort. Oh, let me, let me wash that. Let me kiss it. Let me blow it. Oh, I know it must hurt. You know, when, it's, when there's comfort needed, the kid will go to the mom. In Isaiah chapter 66, verse 13, it says, as a mother comforts her child. This is God speaking. As a mother comforts her child, so I will comfort you and you will be comforted. God, who is speaking to his people, doesn't say as a father will comfort. And by all means, fathers should and do comfort, for sure. But God, it's unique that here's God the Father. Again, God is God the Father who's saying, but as a mother comforts her children, so I'll comfort you. And there's something about that that God's wanting to communicate to us how tender and caring and compassionate he is, that we can run to him and he'll just put us right in his arms and say, oh, come here, come close. What happened? What happened? Tell me what's going on. Tell me what's going on. John chapter 14, verse 16 and 18. Here's an aspect of God that I think is important when we talk about the comfort. In the King James Version, Jesus, I'm going to read to you from there, but Jesus is talking to his disciples, and this is, this is just before he's, he's to be crucified, and he knows he doesn't have a lot of time left, and when you don't have a lot of time left, what do you want to say? The important stuff, right? You're not going to talk trivial stuff. Hey, you know what? Uh, sports team, what, what do you think's happening? Why, why are they building that Colosseum over there? I bet you're going to be big events in Rome. He's not talking about that stuff. He's talking about what's important. And so one of the most important things he has to say shows up in this verse, in verse 16. He said, I'll pray to the Father, and he's going to give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever. Even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it sees him not, neither knows him, but you know him, for he dwells with you, and he shall be in you. I will not leave you comfortless. I will be, I will come to you. Jesus is speaking of the Holy Spirit here, and he said, I'm going to send you another comforter. That word comforter is important, but, but look at the word right before that, another comforter. Another, why? Because Jesus is a comforter. Because Jesus is one who brings comfort, but Jesus is pulling out of the equation there on earth, and he says, I'm going to send you another one. You've been safe around me. You've been inspired around me. You've been encouraged around me. You felt like you can do anything around me because you can, and I'm pulling out, but I'm going to leave someone in my place just like me, another comforter. And the role of the Holy Spirit in our life is something that is characteristic of who God is. He brings comfort to us. He's the one who brings comfort to us. And I, and I love how he goes on to say this at the end. He says, I will not leave you comfortless. I will not leave you comfortless. There's people who grow up without a comforter in their home. 
And the way they turn out as adults, it affects them. When we don't have comfort in our home, it affects us. And Jesus understands that. And he says, I don't want you to continue going on in life without a comforter. So I'm sending the Holy Spirit because I won't leave you comfortless. And I will come to you. Some versions, though, what I think are so interesting, it translate that word comfortless as orphans. Like the New King James would say, I will not leave you orphans. And it's interesting that those two, it's the same original word that Jesus said, but we translate it two different ways. There's something about the orphan and how that associates with lack of comfort, meaning this, an orphan is someone who has been abandoned by their parents, maybe, or they've lost their parents. And so the parent doesn't provide that comfort that they need. And so Jesus says, I'm not going to, though I'm leaving, I'm not going to leave you like an orphan. You're not going to be without that comfort. So when I think about scriptures like this, and I walk through this message, and I, I picture church on Sundays, and I think about what God is wanting to say, and he's bringing this word, I imagine Jesus walking in the doors. I imagine us coming to this place, and, and as the word is being taught, that God comes right alongside you and he sits down next to you and he puts his arm around you. And as, as these words are being spoken, something in your heart has to process this because it's God speaking to you right now. And, 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 and God comes along and he says, what, what hurts right now? And I'd even ask you, maybe you even need to ask yourself, what are the hurts, the disappointments, the frustrations, the regrets, the pains what are these things that you're experiencing? What areas of brokenness do you need to bring to God right now? Because he's here today to bring comfort. And it's not just today, but you need to know this about God. You can run to him at any time when you fall and scuff your knee. When you have an area of your life that, man, I don't want to do this on my own. Man, this hurts. This is not comforting. Sometimes God brings us out of our comfort zone, but that's a different story. <laughs> he, he can make us uncomfortable, but he wants to remove the discomfort, that, 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 that pain, not, not the pain of challenge and growing, but the pain of brokenness and hurt and emptiness. And the Holy Spirit's role in your life, imagine this, Jesus saying, I'm going to pray to the Father, and he's going to send the Holy Spirit, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We're all back in Genesis 1, 27, 26 and 7 saying, let us create, God, create man in our image. So there's this piece of the image of God that is spoken of back in Genesis that we see show up here in John. And so for your own life, where do you need comfort? Second thing that we see about, about God is, is he's a counselor. He brings counsel. And moms are counselors too, aren't they? Moms are counselors too. I can spend the day with my kids and we can talk about nothing. <laughs> we, you know, we will talk, but it's like we talked about nothing all day. My wife will get together with our kids for 10 minutes and they've poured their heart out to her. 
They've shared their fears and their dreams and who they like and who they don't like and and what they're concerned about and and what's on their mind and their heart. And it happens in just a number, you know, a short, few short minutes. And then my wife will tell me about it and I'll say, how did you know that? And she said, well, I just asked. I said, why don't they tell me? And she makes it sound simple like, well, you just have to ask. And that's not true at all because I'll ask and they'll be I'll like, what's going on? How are things going? Fine. And I'm like, okay, see? <laughs> but listen, the thoughts, the things going on inside a heart of someone, are, it's like a deep well. And moms can pull that out. And that comes from God. God can do that. Proverbs 19.21 says, there are many plans in a man's heart. Nevertheless, the Lord's counsel that will stand. What the Lord says, you know, there's something about a mom who can come and pull this out and talk and guide and lead and direct and help process. And, you know, that's not limited to just moms, but this is God's heart and desire to be that with you and me. In John 14, 26, and I'll read it from the Amplified Version, it says, but the helper, this is Jesus still speaking in that same context, and he's talking about the Holy Spirit. He said, but the helper, the comforter, advocate, intercessor, counselor, strengthener, standby, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name or in my place to represent me and act on my behalf, he will teach you all things, and he will help you remember everything that I have told you. You wonder why mom keeps lecturing you and repeating herself? Because you keep forgetting what she said before. The Holy Spirit comes along and he reminds you of the things that Jesus has taught you. Here's the deal. Jesus sends the Holy Spirit and he says he, he's the comforter, he's the counselor. In fact, it's, it, it's, he's not using different words, he's using one words, but the in the Greek language, the, the language is so rich and full that sometimes it's hard for us to get the full meaning with just an equivalent word. And so this word in the Greek is, is parakletos, and I probably messed that up because I'm not Greek. I don't speak Greek. I just read it and, and act like I can say it right. But that's exactly what it means. It's, it's the helper who comes alongside. And that's, it's almost like you get this picture of when you're sitting at home alone and you need someone to talk to, the Holy Spirit comes up alongside of you and says, what's on your mind? Why, why are you so burdened down? What's going on? And you know, the great thing about the Holy Spirit, it, like a good counselor, like a great counselor, when you talk to them, they're safe. You see, you can go and talk to like, you know, me or, or, or a friend or something. We'll ask you, how are you doing? You're like, oh, you know, things are going okay. And yeah, you know, just pray for me. You know, you, you give so much. But it's really interesting because if you go to see a professional counselor, then you'll completely open yourself up because you think, you know what, this is what this person does for a living. They've heard everything. As crazy as I might be, I know someone crazier has come in here before, so they've heard it all. So I'm just going to share everything on my heart and get everything off my chest with them. Plus, I'm paying them, you know, 70 bucks an hour, whatever it is. Like, I'm going to get things off because it's okay to do that here. The Holy Spirit is like that. He's a safe person to share anything you want to share with, anything going on. You know, 
he's not, he doesn't go after he talks to you and back to Father and Jesus and say, man, that guy is crazy. I don't know if I can keep meeting with him right now. He's freaking me out with all this stuff going on. He's not like that. But he listens and he understands and he's able to help you process and identify what's going on. You know what I'm talking about? I'm talking about a God who talks to us, who we relate to and identify. You know what I'm not talking about? A religious system. I'm talking about a God who's alive, who's a real life counselor, who will work with you on your issues and your stuff. I read through the book of Psalms and I read some of the things that these guys said, men of faith, powerful in the Lord, people that God speaks highly of. And you read some of the things they said and you say, you're way off track, buddy. You're accusing God. You're blaming God. You're not taking responsibility yourself. You're saying, God, 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 it's all your fault and you're doing this. You're way off track. And yet the Lord listens to him. He'll bring correction as needed. He instructs, but he loves him. He loves him. I believe this. The more people get to know the Lord, the more they'll open up. The more they'll open up and the more they'll listen to his counsel. The more they listen to what he has to say. What's heavy on your heart and mind? What's going on in your life? Some of you are like me. You're an internal processor. So that means you process and solve problems by thinking about them. So when you need to solve a problem, you know what you do? You go quiet. You get alone. You don't need to talk. I'm thinking I'm solving it up here. Others of you, you're external processors. You process by talking. You process by, you know, hashing it out. You're going to go and talk about it from every angle with somebody and maybe different people. How many of you are internal processors here? You solve things internally. How many of you are external processors? Some of you didn't raise your hand, so I'm thinking you don't solve anything. <laughs> you don't process anything. <laughs> You're like, I don't know what's going on, man. Sometimes I don't know. Listen, <clears throat> the danger of being an internal processor when it comes to the Lord is you can carry things on your own and not bring them to the Lord. And, and, and the Bible says we're to cast our care upon Jesus because he cares for us. But you can't do that if you don't get in that counseling session with the Lord. The Bible said, Jesus said this, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy burden and laden down. I'm going to give you rest. I'm going to give... You can't do that if you keep it all to yourself. And so the Holy Spirit, Jesus said, I am praying for the Father. I'm asking the Father to send him. I'm not going to leave you on your own. But just because there's a counselor available doesn't mean you've made an appointment. Doesn't mean that you've set up a session. Doesn't mean you're taking advantage of it. So the question, what is heavy on your heart? What's on your mind? What are you looking forward to? What are you not looking forward to? What concerns you right now? What are you struggling with? Are you talking to the Lord about it? Sometimes I struggle with things that I know are not right, like, like, a, like that's not right thinking. And so I don't want to talk to God about it. I just want to start thinking right. But sometimes you have to bring it to the Lord so that he can speak back to you and you can grab a hold of what God says. It's the relationship with the Holy Spirit. Third thing is, and this is the final, correction. It's a characteristic 
that we see in moms and when it comes from the Lord. Imagine this, Proverbs chapter 2, verse 1, this scripture, it says, whoever loves instruction loves knowledge, but he who hates correction is stupid. <laughs> stupid. Can you imagine this? Because I really think, like I know dads could say this, but, but sometimes I think moms, moms can bring correction. Like moms are comforting, they're counselors, they're comforters, they're gentle, they're gracious, they're tender and kind, but mom can bring the stick when the stick needs to come, Right? Like mom can bring correction as needed. I remember when I was a kid and I got to that point where mom couldn't spank me hard enough. And when she spanked, I laughed. <laughs> that was the first and last time because mom can get super strength and it feeds on those laughs for one. But also it's like the more you laugh, the stronger she gets. But nevertheless, even without the, the stick, she knows how to get you where it hurts whether that's being grounded or taking something away, moms bring correction. And I can imagine moms whose heart is for us saying, when you reject this, that's stupid. <laughs> Listen to me. Listen to me. And who here has not had like a, a knockdown, you know, drag on fight or however you say that saying, but like with their mom going back at, you know, back and forth, these arguments and, and fights with their mother. It happens. Anytime you have a mom or you as a mother have kids, it's going to happen. But why is it happening? One of the primary reasons is because mom is trying to provide course correction for you. Because mom isn't sitting there saying, you know, I want you to do this because it adds so much to me. But your mom is looking at your future saying, if you don't get this right, you'll never get married. You know, <laughs> if you don't get this right, no woman's ever going to want to take you in. Or if you don't get this right, you're going to be living in my basement for the rest of my life. Do this. You know, like they're bringing course correction. And it's a full-time job to bring course correction for a mother to her kids. Always bringing correction. Now, listen, when we talk about this, we know this correction comes and there can be a resistance to it in the family. And the same thing happens with the Lord. When God brings correction to you, he doesn't bring judgment to condemn you. God is not bringing things out and, and, and identifying things in your life to break you down. Because, and nor is he doing it to add anything to himself. Listen, whether you do well or you do terribly in life, it does not make God more or less of God. It doesn't add to him or take away from who he is. So anything that he brings to us, any correction that he speaks, any direction that he brings to our life, any truth that he is speaking, whether we like it or not, and God knows there are some things that he says right here that we don't like. We don't like it, and we resist it, and we try to see it our own way or how we were brought up, or how others see it. But God says, this is the plumb line. You're like this, but I'm like this here. And we resist it. And God never is bringing that plumb line to destroy us, or to hurt us, or to make himself feel better about himself. He's only doing it for our own good. God is always bringing correction for our good. The Bible says this, don't despise the correction of the Lord. For whoever the Lord loves, he disciplines. 
He disciplines. And there are some things in your life that God says about you that you are resisting. You are not willing to let go of some things that he's saying that is going to destroy you. There's some things in your life that he has for you that you haven't grabbed on yet, uh, grabbed a hold of yet. He says, I have so much more for you. And you're not walking in that. And you know what's happening though? It's not like with, you know, our moms where there's this verbal fight of no, 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 you know, and it gets heated. There's a resistance on the inside saying, I am going to do it my own way. Or I'm not ready yet, God. Or, oh, that seems too much for me. Or we can couch it in any way we want to, you know, say it. We could put it any way we want. But sometimes it's like this. When I see my kids arguing with their mom, I say, to them, you know, I'm in the other room and I'm listening to it and I, they're going back and forth. And I say, just say yes, mom. Just say yes, mom. Just say you're right, mom. Just say I'm wrong, mom. Just say I'll do it, mom. Just say, I'm sorry. Like I'll pipe up and say that. What am I saying? Just yield. Your mom is right. You're wrong. That's it. Now, listen, moms can be a little bit wrong sometimes, but God never is. And so this message really isn't about what moms need to do or, or should do or can do or do do. This is about God, that he comes and he brings correction to us. God has some things to say to us that he wants to course correct with us. John chapter 16, Jesus goes on to say, nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It's to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I'll send him to you. And when he has come, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment, of sin because they do not believe in me, of righteousness because I go to my Father and you see me no more, and of judgments because the ruler of this world is judged. It's sort of like a mom who comes in, you know, sin, righteousness, judgment. Sin is she convinces you and corrects you of the wrong way, which is your way. (laughs) And then she corrects you about the right way, which is probably her way. And then she talks to you about the judgment, which are the consequences of not doing it right, the right way, right? A mom is like that. And this is what the Holy Spirit does. You know, the Bible is saying he convicts the world. Well, the world are those outside who aren't in the family. But you know, sometimes those inside aren't believing Jesus. We're not believing him. He said he convicts the world because they don't believe in me. But sometimes we could be right there and we're saying, I'm not believing you in this area. I'm not trusting you in this area. And I imagine the Holy Spirit being right here next to you, right here next to me, and coming alongside, putting that arm around, comfort, counsel, and correction. He said, Jesus said this, I still have many things to say to you. How many times have mom said this? I'm not through with you yet. This is what Jesus is saying. I'm not through with you yet. Don't you walk away while I'm talking to you, right? Came from God. Then moms pick it up there. But Jesus, though, this is where it's a little bit different than probably your experience. He said, but you can't handle him right now. You can't bear him right now. And so he stops. (laughs) But you cannot bear him right now. However, when the Holy Spirit, when he, the Spirit of truth has come, he'll guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak and he'll tell you things to come. Listen. It's so important that we receive the Holy Spirit into our life. We welcome him into our life in this area of correction. 
Because Jesus is saying he's going to guide you into all truth. And I believe this, that when we stop forming God in our image, but we realize we're created in his image, then he has the authority there to speak. And so he's the one who guides us into truth as opposed to us speaking what the truth is about God, right? So he reveals truth to us. We don't formulate it and say God is like and tell him and tell others, but, but God reveals himself to us and says, this is what I'm like. This is how I'm guiding you into all truth, right? And so when we welcome the Holy Spirit into our life, he brings this course correction for us and it's for our good. It's for our good. So here's a question. What area of your life do you just simply need to yield to God in? Just stop arguing with him about it. Stop resisting. God is right. And you know what? He's not trying to break you down to hurt you or to make you into something that's not as good. God is trying to shape you into the person that he's created you to be. And you've got to open up and be willing to just say, okay, I'm sorry. You're right, God. You're right. I'm going to yield to you right now. Here's good news. Jesus said back then, I'm going to pray that the Holy Spirit will come. But that was a long time ago. Here's the point. The Holy Spirit's already here. The Holy Spirit is already here. The question isn't whether he's going to come. The question is, have you welcomed him into your life as a comforter, as a counselor, and as a corrector? Have you received his comfort? Have you received his counsel? Have you received his correction? And are you going to continue to engage with him like that? Last scripture is Luke eleven thirteen. If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? The Holy Spirit is here, available to you. Come right alongside and do all those things we talked about. So it's not just a message, but it's an encounter with the Lord. 